It is Iowa week, Halloween weekend, huge game for the Nittany Lions. Pat and I are ready to break down everything you need to know about this matchup with the Hawkeyes. Let's get it. Welcome back to another preview edition of No Names All Game. It is Iowa week, number 17, Penn State, taking on number 18, Iowa, at Beaver Stadium. A uh, huge game. A lot of implications for both teams on this one. Uh, Iowa trying to win the Big Ten West. Penn State trying to salvage, uh, you know, a couple, of, a couple of losses in this season. Pat, how are you feeling about this game? Extremely nervous. Uh, I, if I'm being totally honest with you, I think if Penn State comes out, and plays like we have the past two weeks, we lose. Yeah, and then I want to start this off negative. Uh, we, we got some negativity out in our Indiana recap. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that I've, I've been reading the message boards, reading the Twitter. It's A lot of Iowa fans seem very, very confident about this game. So we'll get into a, a lot of the stats here in a minute, but just to kind of give an overall preview, it does look like it's going to be an ugly day. Uh, weather.com has it at 100% chance precipitation. Uh, so they're, they're calling for rain, uh, high of 45, low of 40 degrees. So maybe even some snow. I'm not a weather expert. I think it needs to be lower than that to go to snow, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to be great conditions. And, and Iowa is one of those teams that kind of has the stereotypical big 10, you know, run the ball, play tough defense. I almost think that that poor weather might favor them. Um, but if we look at the positive side, uh, Penn State is favored in this game. I think part of that, as we've mentioned, is because of the home field advantage. Uh, the game opened up as Penn State with a four-point uh, four point favorite. It's actually up to six-point favorite, which means people are betting on Penn State. Uh, Vegas is, is moving that line up, which I don't know if that scares me or, or calms me. I think it scares me a little bit more because minus four scared me enough, and now we're at minus six. Um but it's it's a tough it's a it's gonna be a tough game. So lots to get into. Let's let's start off kind of like we normally do here. Let's talk Penn State offense versus Iowa defense. Um, we'll go through kind of you know nature of their team, what we need to do to win. What do you what do you need to see from our offense this week against uh, a pretty stout Iowa defense? Uh, I mean, this is something I've said in weeks past. I think we just need to establish the pass game early because the this bad weather in a way, like on the surface, you would think wouldn't affect us too badly because so far this season, we've primarily been a running team. But I think that run does by far the best when people have to really respect the passing game. And you saw it um, in the Indiana game and sort of in the first half of the Illinois game where the passing game wasn't quite clicking. And so the, you know, the running game wasn't as consistent and definitely in the Michigan State game as well. Um, but I think if we can get out there and it, they don't have to be big, long passes, but if we're just completing passes, catching passes from the beginning of the game, I think that's going to go a long way to our offense being able to put up points against a defense that, you know, barring essentially one bad game against Minnesota has been very stout. Yeah, they, they've been really good. So they are, they are allowing 14 points per game. Uh, let's see, pass yards, they're giving up 179 rush yards, just under 80 yards a game. So 
they're making you work for it. I, I, I'm looking at their schedule and we try not to get too much into the who have they played, but I'm not like super impressed by their wins. Uh, you know, they, they've, they lost to Wisconsin. That's their one loss on the season. They're six and one outside of Wisconsin, their schedule hasn't really impressed. So they won over Northern Illinois, Iowa state and Northern Iowa to open up the season. That's the non-conference slate. Like a lot of teams have <laughs> lost to Wisconsin uh, in, in, you know, a, a tough game there beat Minnesota 48 to 31 beat Indiana 42 to 16. So if you want to compare apples to apples, they handled them much better than we did. Yeah. And then they just beat Maryland 23, nothing. Um, so outside of Wisconsin, they haven't played a ranked team. Uh, we'll be the first one after that. After us, they, they do have the Purdue spoiler makers coming off a hot win. Um, and then they finish the season with Northwestern, Illinois, and Nebraska. So th- this is a big one for them because if they can, if they can beat us, they have somewhat of a, you know, a good path to, to win the West and go to the big 10 championship with Wisconsin, you know, losing a couple. Um, so I think this is one where, where, I agree. I, I want Penn State to establish early. And, and for me, I, I agree with the passing. Uh, I think the weather will definitely definitely hinder that. We have enough problems holding onto the ball when it's not raining. So I agree. Short passes just move the chains. For me, it's consistency. You know, what we've seen over these last couple of games um, has really just been drives stalling out. And when they stall out, they mm-hmm. stall out bad. Right. We get to a point where offense is clicking and grooving and things look amazing. And then the next drive, you know, we can't we can't buy three yards. So. I want to see early. I want to, I want to see consistency. I, I, I'm not saying we need to score every drive. I'm not saying we need to even, you know, get field goals every drive. But we can't have those quick three and outs that are just putting our defense back on the field, back on the field, back on the field. Um, and I think I think a lot of that comes down to, to Trace and Miles. And that's been the story all season. Um, fun fact we were just talking about before we started recording here, I read uh, on the season, Trace has 554 rushing yards. We are how many games through? Seven games yeah. through the season. That's actually more than he's had in any season, complete season, prior to this year. That is also more than anyone on Iowa. Interesting stat. Yeah. Um, and that's funny because Iowa is, uh, like I said, kind of known as a run-first, heavy Big Ten team. They have They're, sort of a running back by committee thing going on. Yeah, taking a look at that now. So their leading rusher has 403 yards. That's Torin Young. After that, they got two guys just under 300. So yeah, a bit of a a bit of a, a committee there. Only nine rushing touchdowns total on the season. But they've got um, three guys averaging, you know, just under four yards to ju- basically five yards a carry on the season, which is worrying for sure, especially with you know our defense is one that tends even when we don't give up a lot of points we do tend to give up yards and rushing yeah. yards, especially. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a terrible host. We're looking at Iowa's offense ready when we're trying to talk about Penn state offense. So let's bring it back to Penn state offense yes, for just yes. a minute. So <laughs> give our listeners some consistency Penn state offense versus, versus Iowa defense. Like I said, they, they are holding defenses to, to a pretty good uh, point total and, and yards total there. The big thing that I look at when I see Iowa's defense is, is their front four. Uh, their their D line is is pretty damn impressive. Um, Franklin referred to them as Carl Nassib like, uh, big, long, fast. They they can stop the run as as evident by that eighty yards per game, and, and they can get to the quarterback. So um, I think I think uh, Trace referred to them in in one of uh, his press conferences as like trying to throw through a, a forest of redwoods because they're just big dudes. So I think for us our offensive line is going to have to perform better than what we've seen recently too. So I, I talk about consistency in 
you know, the skill positions between establishing the pass, getting the run going. I think a lot of that's going to come down to this offensive line and, and being able to just hold that line, make some holes and, and, and let our, let our skill players do what they need to. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. You're going to have to see more consistency out of our offensive line. I mean, the, the big two places where you're going to need to see more consistency is our offensive line, specifically in like that Will Fry's, you know, platoon spot. And then from our receivers, just being able to catch the ball. Because I, I don't think most of the woes in our passing game aren't from really bad throws by Trace. Yeah, he could be throwing better. You'd like to see, especially on the long ball, him being more consistent this season. But I, the big problem in the passing game definitely comes down to, so far, this season, the drops. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to tally up some quick math here on how many sacks uh, Iowa has. It, it's a good bit. They got they got one guy who's got six, one guy who's got five, one guy who's got three, and a handful of others. So so they're they're up there, kind of like we are in you know the 25 sack range. Um, and, and our offensive line is going to have to hold that. So you mentioned the drops. Uh, we we talk about the wide receivers. Something to note that we we talked about after the Indiana game is is we're a little banged up right now. So. Um, Jawan didn't play in the second half of, of the last game. DeAndre, I don't think played as well. Uh, I did see today that Jawan was at practice dressed and, and looked better, but okay. Franklin had, Franklin got asked a lot in his, in his weekly press conference about the receivers and, and he had a couple of different quotes there. So, um, talked about the freshmen, uh, you know, they asked, they asked him, are we going to see any of the freshmen? And that's Jahan Dotson. That's Justin Shorter. And that's Daniel George. Um, and he said, he said, Jahan's been doing it all year long. Shorter, I think, is really starting to come on now again after having an injury early in the year. Daniel has done some really good things. I think those guys still have an opportunity to factor in. So he's kind of been he's kind of been alluding that for for a while. This is the first time I think he's explicitly said some things about you know shorter coming on after the injury. You know we've we've heard more of just about um, well they're not quite there yet. So if Jawan is out or limited. If DeAndre is out or limited, I think that opens up a lot for these guys. Um, the one that I didn't name there, who's a redshirt uh, freshman, I believe, is Cam Sullivan Brown. He's the one who came in last week in Jawan's place and and looked pretty comfortable. So I I'm not saying I, I want you know Jawan to be out, but I, I think this is a game where hopefully we're we're getting something going with with more of our receivers. Yeah, I'd really love to see Justin Shorter in this game just because, I mean, he was he kind of had the most impressive preseason of all the freshmen, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's he's the highly touted coming out of high school, number one receiver. But he uh, even, people have compared it wasn't even him. just like recruiting hype. It was his actual performance in the preseason was that good. And then you take that and, you know, he basically had a better preseason than KJ Hamler, who is our best receiver. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta think that, you know, some exciting things could happen if he gets in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I actually don't recall Tom as much about Justin Shorter. I know, I know they love Jahan Dotson in the, in the, in the preseason shorter might've still been banged up. Um, e- either way, you're right in the fact that shorter again in high school, they were comparing him to Julio Jones to Calvin Johnson. So he's the next, no, he's the next big thing. So the Penn State fans have been clamoring to see this guy, and, and maybe this is the game where we do, where it's you know it's going to be a slot fest. You're going to need guys out there who, who can perform, and if some of our vets are either banged up or not performing, maybe you see some young guys getting getting those reps. And, and I think this has been really just a point of contention for a lot of Penn State fans where it's one of those things like, how long do you let people go with the drops? How long of a leash do you give them before you make that change? And 
Franklin's comments on that are kind of just even more frustrating a little bit. And this is, this is one where you can't bash him too much because when it's worked, it's worked. So you can't, you can't say it's, it's wrong now, but what he says there is says, I just believe in our guys and how much they invest. We're going to keep loving them and keep coaching them up and it's going to turn for them. He said, I do see some receivers that I think have gotten better. We evaluate everything. I get the frustration. I will tell you this. Remember a guy by the name of Mike Gesicki that people were frustrated with. We kept believing in Mike Gesicki, kept trusting him, and look how that turned out. So it, it's frustrating for me because you almost want him to get fired up and say, yeah, damn it, we're going we're gonna to get over the drops, and we're going to put these freshmen in, and we're going to give other guys chances. But that's just not his style. Like He's not going to give you that. Yeah, and to be honest, I agree wholeheartedly with his approach. Uh, because you got to remember, this isn't the NFL. These are kids, man. These guys are 19 to 20 years old, and their first time on the big stage, really. And the the last thing you could do with them is sort of short out their confidence. And I'm sure, you know, in practice with them one-on-one, he's more critical. But he's not going to go out and criticize them in front of, you know, non-teammates. I like that. And yeah, I think and I mean, the big reason that people come to this program because of the confidence that Franklin instills the public with, you know, inside the public about his own players because he's always supports them. He's always behind them. He does not make excuses for his players performance. Yeah, that's fair. And and I don't know, maybe I've just gotten cynical this season. And I, I, again, it, I've said this, it's you, you hope that that's what's happening behind the scenes and you trust that that's what's happening. It's it's just it's it's frustrating when the results don't correlate. And yeah, we're only seven games in, and some of these kids have only played you know a handful of games. But Jawan, DeAndre, Brandon Polk, like there's there's got to be some turning points for them. So I hope this is a game where we start seeing that with the receivers. Um, we could talk about receivers forever, but to the rushing game, um, I, I think this is this is my this is Miles' thing. He's been doing it all year, right? If you give him enough touches, he's he's gonna make the plays. He's gonna he's gonna kind of set that tempo. Um, you talked about getting the balance with the pass game going. And I, I think that's super important. But uh, I, I think for me too is, is give Miles his chances and, and let him do what he's doing best, right? He's, he's absolutely just he, – he is like, you know, he is our offense outside of Trace, right? He's, he's been doing it every game. Um, he's got 772 yards on the season, eight touchdowns. He's averaging six and a half. Um, he's just a really talented runner, and I want to see him – continue that trend because I, I i'm just so impressed watching this guy run yeah i totally agree i i think he's going to come up big for us as long as the rest of our game doesn't struggle you know i.e the passing receiving game one thing i would love to see is if we are having trouble sort of getting him going uh the, if the line's getting moved if he just can't seem to find space i would like to see us use him in the passing game kind of like we did last game uh but maybe even more you know just give him every opportunity to get the ball in space. Yeah. And they did say that last game, they wanted to get him more involved in the passing game. And it showed he had five or six catches, uh, one really nice wheel route that I think could have gone the distance would have, would have kept traces uh, passing streak alive, but, but got pushed out at like the five or six yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a special talent. I, I think we're seeing that. And, and I just want to see the most of him as we can. Um, sticking with running backs, uh, we talked a lot on our Indiana recap about Ricky Slade. Um, and, and again, I, I, I said there's a lot of rumors going around. I didn't want to feed too much into it. Um, but Franklin's comments today were that the reason that Journey Brown got in over Ricky is that Ricky was just a little bit banged up. So they didn't want to risk it. Um, again, who knows what's happening behind the scenes, but it sounds like things are, for the most part, okay. And 
And I think as long as he's healthy, we will we'll probably see at least a little bit of Ricky Slade this week as well. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Injuries happen in football. That's, that's the nature of the game. Almost nobody is completely healthy every week. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot to talk about on the offense. I, I feel like it's tough. We do these episodes, you know, every, every week we do a recap episode where we break down, you know, each part of the game. And then most weeks we do a preview where we, we kind of talk about it. And it's a lot of the same shit. Um, and I hope fans, I hope you're, you know, if you're listening to this, I hope you're not getting bored. But I think it's a lot of the same shit because we still really haven't found like our identity. You know, it's, it's, we're supposed to be speed. We're supposed to be putting up tons of points. We're supposed to be that just kind of electric, prolific home run hitting offense. And outside of some of the big plays that, that I think miles and trace have really given us and, and KJ, of course, and KJ, I almost forgot my boy Um, outside of that. It's been, it's been hard to come by. So I think that's why, we kind of find ourselves saying these same things of, well, we want to see this get going and we want to see this get going and shit, man, it's, it's got to happen at some point, right? You got to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, I agree. And I think a couple of guys to look out for this game with conditions potentially being really bad is, are going to be Fryermuth and Brandon Polk. If he's in there, um, you know, Fryer, as a tight end, you, you know, usually not your big reception guy. He runs a lot of seam routes, uh, is great at finding holes in, in zone coverage. I, I, I think there's a chance he comes up big with a lot of like the manageable passes that we'll see in sort of this crappy weather. And then Polk is another good, you know, usually another good slot receiver who has good, you know, he went to high school with Trace, has, you know, a lot of trust with him and a lot, a lot of uh, uh, chemistry with him. So hopefully we can see those two guys come up pretty big in like the mid-range passing game. Yeah, absolutely. If, if uh, Brandon Polk heard you on last episode, he was your lamb for those drops. Let's, let's make up for it, Brandon. We believe in you, brother. All right, that's really all I got. Actually, no, one more thing on the offense. I apologize. Um, do you think we see more Tommy time after the success that it had last week? That's an interesting question because we saw it in the first half, but then really didn't see it much in the second half. And it seems like we kind of move away from it if the game is too close. I don't like that tendency. I think actually the closer it is, the more we should be using it because it, again, it's just one of those things that opens up a new wrinkle in the offense that the defense has to contend with. Um, I think we should see more of it in this game, but I don't think we will again, because I, I think Ricky Ronnie tends to move away from it when we're not, you know, when we're in close games. Yeah. And, and I think I, I think I disagree with you. I think we are going to see it. Um, because if I'm, I'm putting myself in Ricky Ronnie's shoes, there's there's one of two ways you can go. You're either freaked out because of some of the backlash and inefficiencies, and you say, all right, I've got to stick to basics. I can't keep getting cute. I just got to pound the ball with Miles and and move the chains. Find find those short short passes, get KJ in space, all those kind of things, and you stick to the game plan. Or you sit there and say, shit, man, I got to show him something. I, I got to get out there and I just got to make this defense work. And I have to outsmart them and I have to outwit them and I have to outthink them. And like you said, Tommy Stevens is a wrinkle that it's, it's, it's more difficult to prepare for. So if you're an Iowa defense that relies on a very strong front four, front seven of, of stopping the run, getting to the quarterback, you put in the wrinkle of having to defend Tommy out on the flank or, you know, the reverses that they like to run with him. I, I think that's – I personally, if I'm an offense coordinator, I think that's something that, that adds value to your offense. And if you set that up enough, you can run those fakes where they, they commit to him, they commit to him, they commit to him, and then boom, guess what? You're going the other way. Um, 
I think Iowa plays that way where it is going to be a churn it out game, right? It's not, I, I don't see this as a shootout, um, which I, I, I hate saying that because I, I love shootouts and I love the points, but I just, I don't see it as this one. Um, I this agree. Almost, this feels to me more like how the Michigan State game went, where it was just back and forth kind of. Or even Iowa you know, last season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a great, yeah. <laughs> Iowa, so, shit, I probably should have let off the show with this, but uh, yeah, last season, everyone remembers that game, right? It was a it was a back and forth where they scored with, what was it, just under two minutes, and we had that epic drive, mm-hmm. Jawan's touchdown in the end zone, and, and we walk off. It was beautiful. Um, the last The last four games we've played them, we have won. Um, so we, we want to keep that trend going, but it, it can be a, it can be a grind them out, churn them out game with this kind of team. Um, so if that's happening, my point being, I think Tommy Stevens adds a wrinkle that gets them away from what they want to do on defense. Yeah. I just, I, I don't question the effectiveness of using him, even if it's like, I, I think you're right. It might be one of those things where it's, we have to use it and have it potentially not work a lot of times to then work. Um, or not a lot of times, but a few times, and then it works big. I just question Ricky Ronnie's commitment to doing that sometimes. Yeah, Ricky Ronnie, show us your balls, man. Let's see, uh, let's see what you got. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, so let's flip over to Iowa's offense. We touched on it a little bit. Um, Iowa's offense. Nate Stanley um, having a pretty good year at quarterback. So he's uh, about sixteen hundred yards passing, sixty-one percent completion rate. 16 touchdowns to six interceptions, fairly efficient quarterback. Um, He's been pretty good. We look at the running backs you mentioned earlier, kind of a committee, uh, really three guys that are doing it for them in Torin Young, Mekai Sargent, and Ivory Kelly Martin. Some good names over there. Uh, The story for me on Iowa's offense is their two-headed monster that is their tight ends. So you've got Noah Fant. Noah Fant is a – pretty much surefire first rounder in the NFL draft next year. Um, Teams love him as a receiving tight end. He's got 312 yards and six touchdowns. And then they have another guy named TJ Hawkinson, who's got 424 yards. So actually about a hundred more than fans and three touchdowns. You put those two guys together. That is nine of their 16 receiving touchdowns to two tight ends. I mean, that's just a, that's a matchup nightmare when you got guys like that. that Yeah, it's, it's something that I'm a little worried about. So, so let's, let's talk about our defense um, out of all of those things that we just mentioned there. What's, what's the first thing that, that comes to your mind that you're looking for on our defense? Honestly, what worries me most is their, you know, the fact that they average, you know, their starting backs average about four and a half yards a carry uh, because that is certainly a weakness for us, the run defense. And, you know, if our D tackles can't get going in this game, that's something that can really hurt us. The, I mean, obviously, you're never excited about tight ends that are this productive playing against you. However, I, I don't think we really tend to let up big yards to tight ends in general. Because I think we've got a, some linebackers who are quite good and safeties who are quite good in pass coverage. So that that is one thing that I think our strength there might work well against their strength. However, they have the strength of the running game that works is going to work quite well against our defense, but our weakness in our run defense potentially. Yeah. And that's, that's where I see it too, is, is we've got to, we've got to limit the run. I won't, I won't say shut down because quite frankly, I just don't think we're capable of it right now. We've got to limit the run early and, and not allow them just to cruise on that. Because here's the thing. If we shut them down on the run, it's not like they can't pass. Like, like I said, they've got options there. They have a couple wide receivers that, that are up there with the, with the tight ends as well. Um, 
but they're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to jam it down your throats, control the tempo. And, and that's how they, that's how they play football. So I agree. I think we need to shut down the run. Um, the tight ends do worry me a bit because I, I don't have any stats to back this up. I think I agree with you that we, we've probably played tight ends. Well, I think, I think we've got some really athletic linebackers. Uh, you look at Cam Brown, you look at uh, Micah Parsons, even Jan Johnson. I think they probably could run with these dudes. Um, and again, John that's Reed. just my, and John Reed. Absolutely. Um, yes. So you get to the secondary John Reed. I when think. he comes back in. Yep. So Garrett's out for the first half. I got a lot of faith in Jonathan Sutherland, but I, I do view him as more of a run stopping safety than uh, a cover safety. But I think that's just because I haven't seen a lot of him yet. Um, I just, yeah, I, I worry because I don't think we've seen this sort of like hybrid talent where, I mean, this is the NFL tight end of the future, right? These uh, Gronks, the Engrams, the, you know, the tight ends that held Kasiki, right? It's more of a, a big wide receiver than a real tight end. Um, mm-hmm. I think Fanton Hawkinson are both fine blockers too, but these, these guys are going to get open and they're going to be matchup nightmares. So I think it's going to be really up to Brent Pry and, uh, you know, and that, that defensive staff to, to dial up some, some good matchups and, and make sure that we are not letting their strengths kind of just completely open us up. Yeah, I'm, I, I do agree with that. To me, um, Nate Stanley, like their passing game, is not, he's not going to beat us with the passing game. You know, like if, you know, if somehow the run game got totally shut down, I don't see Nate Stanley kind of putting the game on his shoulders and winning it for them. But he's a guy, you know, if, if they're getting good chunks of run yards and instead of, you know, going up against third and 12s, third and 10s, third and eights, he's getting consistent third and fours, third and threes, third and fives. He's certainly good enough to really move the chains consistently and get into the end zone. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone will argue on that. I, I, I think I give him a little bit more credit. If the run is, is shut down. I think I, again, he's completing 61% of his passes, 16 touchdowns. Like I think he's a, he's a better than average quarterback. I don't think he's, you know, I agree. He's top definitely tier. better than average. Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, there, there's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, this is so fucking like cliche, but it's a full team defense. defense. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's a full team defense. Like we need to, slow down the run and then let our secondary do what they do best. Right. It is well in, in times do what they do best. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I really just, I feel like it's going to start with Ken. I, and I'm not say, even, like you said, not even saying shut down the run, but can we prevent them from consistently getting chunks of yards on the run? Can we force yeah. third and longs third and difficults rather than these, you know, third and shorts and third and manageables. And if, yeah. we, if we can do that, I think the pass defense does its job for most of the game and doesn't let up big points. Doesn't let up super long drives. You know, does a decent job of getting the ball back into our offense's hands. I agree. As much shit as I've given the secondary for some of the dropped interceptions, for some of the big plays we have let up, uh, you know, Felton Davis, don't don't bring me back there. Um, for, for as many of those kind this of This isn't as momentary... much of a big play offense, though. No, no, I, and that's what I'm saying. For as much of the momentary mistakes and the shit that I've given our, our secondary, I do have a lot of faith in, in that, you know, five, six, seven dudes that are back there. Um, I, I really do trust them, and I, and I think they get the job done here. Um, we'll get into predictions in a minute, but, but I do think, I think that's really where it lies, is if we can limit their offense, limit the explosive plays, that's what, that's what Franklin always calls it, is the explosive play battle. I think he, it's, it passes over... 12 yards and rushes over 15 yards is, is what he measures. I think mm-hmm. um, if we can limit them 
make them work for it all. I think I trust I trust our offense, and I've I've been I've been bruised and battered and beaten in in my over bets lately. But I trust our offense, even in ugly situations, to find a way to gut it out and win the game. So, um, with that, let's get into some predictions here. Uh, give me give me your your score prediction. I'll give you the line one more time. Penn State minus six under over is currently at fifty two. What do you think this game ends up at, and uh, how does it go? I, I think this game could be like a 24-20 Penn State. And what's the key to the game? Sorry, I was drinking water there, hydrating, getting ready. What's the key to the game for you uh, to win that 24-20? to um, I mean, it's stuff I've already said. It's getting the passing game going early, even if it's not the long passes, just being able to vary up the offense, create wrinkles that they can't just stack guys in the box and try and prevent Miles from getting in space. And then to – do the opposite to their offense, uh, make them pass more than they want to, uh, make the run game more difficult than it has been for them, and, you know, make it more one-dimensional for them. Actually, make yeah. it more two-dimensional for them, because I think they're going to want to be – they're going to want to be run happy in this. Right. Yeah, I think that's – I think that's fair. I have – I think I have a little <laughs> bit more faith in – even in even in crappy weather, I'm, I'm thinking – I'm thinking we put up a little bit more than that. I, I've got it 34-24 Penn State, um, which means I'm betting on us covering and the over. Uh, why do I keep doing this to myself? Um, but I, I just – this is a huge three-game stretch for us. I think everyone in that locker room knows it. I think everyone in the stands knows it. We've got Iowa. We've got Michigan. We've got Wisconsin. If we want to prevent this from being a very slippery slope and turning into a very ugly season, this needs to be – a, I won't say statement win, but this needs to be a confident win. I, I need this team to come out there, like we said, rely on Miles, Trace, get the wide receivers going. Um, and one thing we didn't talk about is is ball security. I mean, if it's going to be really whipping wind and, and rain and cold, man, use Beaver Stadium to your advantage and, and force them to turn that ball over. Like our guys, our guys should should know how to play in these conditions. They should know how to play in front of 110,000 people. Um, this is one thing I love about the Penn State Iowa kind of battle is both stadiums are really really electric. Um, both fan bases are super super into uh, their teams because I think we've kind of been in similar areas in the past years where they've been good not elite you know good yeah. not great kind of thing and, and we've been similar. So um, I do have a lot of respect for for Kirk Ferentz. I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, and I, I always like this game. Uh, it brings me back to some some bad memories uh, for those of you that were at Penn State 2008, 2009-ish. Uh, we were number three in the country, and we lost on a last-second field goal to Iowa, so I'll always have a disdain for them. But I don't know. I just I, I can't see us losing this game. Um, like I said, there's a lot of chatter that, that Iowa feels confident, that, that their fans feel confident, but I just – as much as much like – bulletin board material as I have for why we should lose this game I just I got faith man I really do yeah I mean I don't think we'll lose but I could definitely see it happening um unfortunately but I I do believe that we're going to come out of this game with a win and I you know Nate Stanley's throwing almost an interception per game I think he's you know in this in, in bad conditions and facing probably you know one of the two best pass defenses he's faced so far this season as yep. You know, there's, I think there's a decent chance he throws at least one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it. Secondary. Uh, hell, Jonathan Sutherland. Um, you know, you're in there, make some plays. Nick Scott, let's make up for some of the misses in the last week. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think 
I think this game goes our way. I am cautiously optimistic. I'll say it that yeah. way. So this is uh, oh, big debate here. Is this weekend Halloween weekend for, for people at Penn State or is it the following weekend? Because Halloween um, is actually next Wednesday. Let me see. So Halloween is on Wednesday, the 31st. Mm. So we celebrate this weekend, next weekend, or both? They'll probably do both. Probably. So the reason I'm, I'm alluding to that is uh, Beaver Stadium, I don't know if this is like a student-driven thing or, or if a team is actually putting it out, but they are encouraging the student section to show up in costume for the nice. game. Thoughts on that? Um, you know what? I dig it. I dig yeah? it. I don't know how much effect it'll have on the game because I don't think you'll be able to see too many costumes from the stands. Right, but I right. think it'll look pretty cool on TV. Yeah, and, and and at first I was like a hater. I was like, oh, it's so corny. Like that's dumb. And then I thought about like if I was there, I'd be like, no, that'd be awesome. I would absolutely get into a costume. Um, so I think it goes one of two ways: either everyone dresses up and it's kind of cool to look at, or there's like a handful of people and you don't really notice it. Yeah, we'll see. I've I've got we'll faith see. in the Beaver Stadium, uh, faithful. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, shitty conditions, um, big game on the line, number 17 versus number 18. whole lot of Big Ten implications, maybe not playoff implications, but a lot of Big Ten implications. Uh, this is a big one, 3.30 Eastern kick at Beaver Stadium. Pat, any last words? Let's show up this week, guys. Uh, that's just it's The only thing we really haven't done the past two weeks is really show up and play like the team that we can be. I think as if we do that, I don't think there's any way we lose, but hundred percent agree. If we hundred percent like agree, we have the past two weeks. I think there's a very good chance we lose. But we are not going to lose positivity, positivity, positivity. Score early, yeah. score often. I want Penn State to defense. be who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. We are.